Hey everyone, it's me, Russ Moore, voice of, you know, all, all the voices I, I do here on Facing Fate. We are getting ready for the next season, which we're very hopeful will be out in March. And there's going to be a new story, new scary kind of vibe to it. More details are going to be coming very soon. But we start recording this month. And then, yeah, that's right. We're turning around really quickly, not, not just sitting around on it like we do in the past. Anyways, in the meantime, we want to share with you the Wizard Scroll. It's a sword and sorcery sci-fi narrative, the likes of which will make... They, they made me say this. Make your mama say, dang son slash daughter slash offspring. Where'd you find this? That's what they're going to say. The creator of the Wizard Scroll, Chris, is a new member of the Fable and Folly Network, and we want to share their show with you in hopes that you will enjoy it as well. They regale you with the tales of legendary sword-arm-wielding warriors, a wannabe spellcaster trying to earn her WizGED, and even a couple of orcs who don't play by nobody's rules. The episode we're going to share with you today, straight out of Flyman Bog, is a perfect introduction to the entire series. What you expect, what you're going to hear, and how it's all presented. It's very well edited, single-form narrator for their main show, The Wizard Scroll, but they also have several other mix-ins along the way, including Wizard Hang, Wizards in My City, which is a little more group improv, and a whole bunch of other amazing side content that you're going to love as well. The Wizard Scroll... It's available anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you hear, there's plenty more waiting for you in their feed. So listen to today's episode and then go check it out. We'll also put a link down in the description so that you can find it right quick. All right. Have a wonderful day. Here's the Wizard Scroll. Take it away. How's it hanging, ladies and folks? My name is Chris R.R. Bowzo, and this is my show. You're about to hear the 20th chapter of my ongoing sword and sorcery narrative. A story written, read, performed, and edited all with your ear holes in mind. But don't concern yourself with going back to catch up quite yet, because this episode, like every episode, just so happens to be the perfect jumping on point. And then, once you're hooked, feel free to go back and check out previous episodes of the show while you wait for the next one to drop. But for now, all I need you to do is sit back, relax, and allow me to unfurl the wizard scroll, baby, baby! If you asked any old Tom, Dick, or Angorand on the street what the city of Pineville was all about, you'd probably hear about its exceedingly high Skeleman population, its exceedingly high crime rate, and or its world-renowned super arena, baby! Today's tale chiefly focuses on the latter, which sat smack dab in the middle of that metropolis amongst the trees whose glass-domed roof reflected off ample amounts of warm yellow light from the setting sun, such that the building's matte gray and black exterior almost appeared to have a bright, glossy finish. Ladies and gentlefolk, welcome back to the Pine Barrel Super Arena. 
where your violent dreams become violent reality. I'm your host, Sergeant Chet Thunderhoof, and our main event is about to begin. Let me tell you right now, people, it's gonna be a show unlike anything you've ever seen in this neck of the Tiger Woods. So cop a glizzy, peep our merch, and pop a squat right the fart now, cause you don't wanna miss a nanosecond of this. Row after row of cushioned, cup hole laden seats lined the inside's perimeter. Seats filled by over 200,000 screaming, ravenous fans of all creeds, all skin colors under the sun, including no skin at all. Humans, elves, orcs, dwarves, gnomes, goblins, and even some skelemen as well, all united by their shared love of the game. All clutching some kind of merchandise or another, banners, signs, soda drinking hats, foam fingers, hot dogs, vupazelas, and snacks. They gazed intently down at the fighting pit, whipping themselves up into a frenzy as they beheld what appeared to be a man-sized iguana slinking into the fray. In the West Corridor, hailing from Flyman Bog, he's half man, half lizard, but all deadly. Weighing in at 169 pounds, Ginger's Lizard Man! One look at those weird little chameleon eyes of his, and you could already tell that this lizard person carried within his soul a dream, a desire, a bloodlust for glory. Ever since first viewing a Super Arena match through jumbled up pay-per-view on his parents' magic rectangle, he knew that the gladiators of the Pineville Super Arena were cool. He knew that what he beheld was indeed peak performance, and that he would attain that rank for himself, even if it killed him. Especially if it killed him. For he knew that dying in the pit would be both a noble and an extremely entertaining death. In his heart, he knew this all exceedingly well. So he up and left the bog one night to become registered with the Gladiators Guild. The following few months, he had spent honing his skills, parries and blocks, tail swipes and DDTs, cultivating the proverbial wheelhouse of techniques as he slowly, steadily, inevitably clawed his way up the proverbial ladder until there was but one man left for him to face, the current champion himself. And now, 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 he was on the cusp of glory, on the cusp of achieving that most noble title, Super Arena Champion, such that he might wear that championship belt about his waist basking in the strident revelry of all who gazed upon it, of those 200,000 fans all doing the wave in his presence. His scales glistened like a thousand emeralds as he emerged from the west corridor, as the stadium floodlights fell upon his lean, mean, and green frame. He skittered on all fours into the box into that 15 by 15 by 15 cubic foot cage of metal gating, the one which sat unceremoniously in the center of the fighting pit. 
the open-topped cage which quite literally enclosed his very destiny. And in the East Corridor, from Death Valley, weighing in at a whopping 1,380 pounds, your champion, the Certified Savage himself, Cargon the Destroyer! An 11 foot tall, shirtless, jacked and tatted up orc, wearing nothing but jean shorts and construction boots, wielding an appropriately sized sledgehammer. He emerged from the East Corridor and limboed into the box to monstrous applause. The gate door slammed shut behind him as he stood upright and flexed like it was his freaking job, because it was. So the Titan turned and gave the camera a good close-up shot of his gargantuan back. The image presently on display in stunning detail upon the jumbo magic rectangletron above. Causing 80% of the women and 90% of the men in the audience to briefly fall unconscious. Because let me tell you, that back was so wide. So green, so mountainous that you would have thought they filmed Dances with Direwolves on it. Oh yeah! Jinjax himself briefly confused one for the other as he gazed upon it up close. Nothing but pure, cold adrenaline pumping through his veins as his rival suddenly spun to face him. That titan of an orc, Kargon, with his long, flowing mahogany locks, pickle green complexion, a broken, bent, and re-bent nose with a big red scar slid across its bridge. A small yet stern frown that perfectly accentuated his protruding lower fangs. And that set of ovular yellow-orange eyes. The ones now narrowed down unto the teeny little lizard person before him. The microbone descended from the rafters above. So the destroyer flexed a little more for good measure as he reached up as he plucked the thing from just overhead and held it directly before his lips. Who wants to see me kill a man? Cargon began to rapidly spin in place, building up enough angular momentum so that he might huck his hammer, yeah! then sent it soaring straight into the crowd, meeting his mark and killing him instantly. Now how about a lizard man? They screamed some more. Cargon! 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 As Cargon flexed his Herculean, inexplicably glistening calves, as he bent over to look at the camera through his own legs. Here I come, boy! The hoots and hollers of the audience reached a roaring crescendo, just as the box walls began sparkling and cracking with electricity. That's right, loyal viewers. This ain't any regular old cage match. This is an electric fence cage match. And just for good measure, how about we suspend the box 30 feet in the air as well? Give everybody a better view of this star-studded match. Evidently, wire cords had been tied around all four corners of the box's exterior, 
For now, the Gladiators stood flush with the front row seats, aka the Splash Zone, as Peeps sitting there all hurriedly slipped into Super Arena licensed boots and raincoats. Now, let's get ready to rumble! Right after our commercial break. Breakfast time. Who wants boring old eggs and bread? Not me. When you could have a motherfucking super double chocolate crunch bite with extra chocolate fucking covered chocolate chunks on top. Wow! Put it in your chocolate milk and you take a bite and oh my, it's got chocolate in it for sure. The destroyer cracked his knuckles, twisted those sharpened pearly whites of his into a sardonic bearing of teeth, then stomped forward, jostling the whole box with each and every step as he slipped on his destroyer-sized brass knuckles. While Jinjax backed away, biding his time, waiting for an opening, stepping back, back, narrowly avoiding Cargon's gigantic swinging arms, back, avoiding the gigantic weaponized fists attached to them, feigning cowardice so that he might throw his opponent off guard. You little squirt! Hold still, as I, Cargon the Destroyer, crushes you into goop. The elated cries of 200-something thousand fans filled the Titan's ears as he widened his stance, raised both arms above his head, then came crashing down with his patented double fist hammer punch. Though Jinjax was too swift for that, he sidestepped the downward arc with ease, spinning and dancing around a Cargon's rear in the moment of confusion that followed. With a tail swipe so quick that it made the speed of light say whoa, the Lizard Man had latched onto the Titan's ankle. Ba 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 wait. Then he lunged forward while pulling back, tripping Cargon, shoving him forward, forcing him right into the electric fence. Ouch! That 69,000 volts straight to the dome piece, people! How is Cargon gonna withstand this? The Titan blew out a puff of smoke, then wobbled, faltered, and crashed to the floor with a deadening thud, severing one of the box's wire cords in the process. He lied dazed on the ground, his hair standing on end, his face and chest now covered in blackened grill marks. He is not! I cannot believe what I'm seeing here, folks! Cargon is down! And then a human referee clad in a black and white striped polo quickly slid into frame and began to count. One, two, three. Cargon tried to push himself up onto his knees, but his arms turned to jelly and he fell prone once again. Four, five, six. The Destroyer, down but not out, grudgingly rolled his colossal physique into a supine position. Seven, eight, nine, 
And just as the ref was about to say 10, the orc's eyes shot open as he did the roll back and kick up trick. An advanced maneuver which left the Titan back on his feet once again. In the blink of an eye, Cargon had regained his bearings, gritted his teeth, and now fixated his gaze upon Jinjax once more. Nuh-uh-uh, bruh! It's gonna take more than a cheap shot like that to defeat Cargon the Destroyer! Bolstered by the strident revelry of his fans, nay, his people, Cargon lowered himself into an extremely gratuitous crouch, stayed there for a second or three, then leapt 13 feet in the air. He did four front flips at a 1080 as he soared just overhead in slow motion, mind you, then descended elbow first, directed his downward dive square for Jinjax's skull. The lizard man coiled his tail into a spring and launched himself out of harm's way, narrowly avoiding Cargon's atomic elbow drop as it plummeted in from above and collided with the floor. Enough force was applied in the attack that it had severed another of the box's cords, causing the whole ring to begin swinging and swaying in a precarious manner. Oh my goodness gracious, people! If one more wire comes undone, it lights out for the lot of them! This is wildly unsafe! How did this even get approved? Fuck it right in the pussy! Hey, who let this old man in here? Using his superior balance, Jinjak skittered along the unstable ground at Cargon's feet, drawing aggro from the staggering brutes. The Titan, Cargon, who presently pounded the ground with every appendage, every ounce of strength, every last bit of rage at his disposal. He roared an ear-shattering battle cry as he thrashed about the swinging ring. Hands, feet, knees, and elbows flailing wildly in a vain attempt to strike down his foe. The lizard man, who dodged, rolled, spun, and flipped, effortlessly sidestepping Cargon's artless, increasingly clumsy string of attacks. Each and every one of them making contact with nothing but floor, causing the box to bounce and rock ever further. The Titan then scooped the ref up and began wielding him like a club, though this did little damage to anyone besides that poor ref himself, as he bashed his battered body into the ground, a barrage of blows which missed their reptilian mark again, and again, and again. And lo, in no time at all, a third wire had snapped. The lizard man's very life flashed before his eyes as the box dropped like a stone. Flashed back to those rose-tinted, halcyon days of his youth. To the bog he had called home for most of his young life. To the old mattress in the front yard, where he and his 68 lizard siblings would pile drive, STF, and RKO one another all day long. Another flash. This time to the night when he had left it all behind, such that he might come here, come before the greatest crowd in all of Yergslin and give them the fight of his life. 
So with the flick of a tail, Jinjax deftly wrapped himself tightly against Kargon's gargantuan neck. He used the plummeting terrain to his advantage and applied the momentum into delivering the most powerful RKO you'd ever thought of. The dust settled after a long, drawn-out musical sting, revealing a green little lizard man standing amidst a dilapidated heap of metal fencing with one unconscious destroyer securely crushed beneath. Okay. Oh. Ladies, gentlemen, and the rest, behold your winner and the new Super Arena Champion of Pineville, Jinjax Lizardman! Fanfare blared from the speakers and everybody went nuts as a comely dwarf maiden complete with beard came into view from behind. She gifted the Lizardman a bouquet of flowers, which he enthusiastically ate in one bite as she wrapped the ultimate prize snugly about his midsection the championship belt that sparkled and shone in the limelight. He raised both arms in a victorious power pose, basking in the glory he had for so long wished to attain. Not if I have anything to say about it, and I do! None other than King Rodney, that six-foot-eight hulking beast of a man. Nowhere near as tall as Cargon, but every bit as imposing per capita. With his mahogany locks streaked with bolts of gray, glowing purple eyes, and a recently anointed sword arm shining so bright it make your mama say, He emerged from the crowd, cast his fake mustache aside, and leapt down to the fighting pit below. I need that belt, you slimy little salamander! And you're gonna give it to me! Ah! Uh, no! Thanks for tuning in to me screaming about lizards for 20 minutes. If you're still here, odds are that you've enjoyed what you just heard and are stoked for more. Fear not, dear listener, because new episodes are coming soon to an RSS feed near you. But in the meantime, there's already over nine hours of content available right this second for your binging pleasure. So feel free to check out the complete first season, the couple episodes of season two that are already out, as well as the Christmas special, and let me know what you think of the show, either as a review on your podcasting platform of choice or anywhere else on the internet. And until next time, bye bye The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. In the alley, the scent is stronger, overpowering. As I watch, the overhead lamps flicker and wink out one by one. God damn it. No. The girl appears briefly under the last streetlight, the headphones snug against her ears, the Walkman clasped to her hip. She's oblivious as she walks, lost in her own world. Hey, stop! I need to talk to you! 
and she swallowed up by the darkness again. Helen, wait a second! It strikes her in the gloom so fast she barely has time to scream. She falls into the edge of the lamplight and lies there, bleeding, motionless. The man's skin is scaly, flaking, and there are patches of soot on his cheeks. He stares at me with eyes like midnight. Eyes that are devoid of remorse, devoid of humanity. He's one of them. I turn and run, and I don't look back. The Road of Shadows, a new mystery and suspense audio drama by Mark R. Healy, creator of The Strata. Listen now at theroadofshadows.com. Thank you.